Emergency services. Please, you gotta help me. There's this weird guy. Ma'am. Please. Ma'am, call us when you're dead. What the fuck? Welcome back, callers, to another episode of Call Us When You're Dead. I'm Keith. And I'm Ryan. And on today's episode, we are covering the Indiana University, Purdue University, Fort Wayne murder. That is a lot of names. That is a lot of names. Before we get into that, though, I would like to give a case update from... Season 1, Episode 2. Ooh, let's hear it. Right. So, thanks to Erie for letting us, for letting Ryan and I know about the update for the Kevin Bacon case, which, like I said, you guys can find on Season 1, Episode 2 in Missed Opportunities. Ryan and Erie talked about a competency, competency check that was going to be placed on Lutonsky, who was the murderer of Kevin Bacon, to find out if he was able to stand trial. Since then, he has been found competent and pled guilty. A hearing is set for next month, and we will hear it calls when you're dead. We'll be giving you guys more updates as that goes on. Yeah, so it's always nice to get get uh, updates, you know, from previous cases that we've covered and cases we haven't covered, like last last week when we gave Talked you about Anon. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. I feel like we brought it up enough at this point that you know. It needed to be brought, you know, talked about at least. Absolutely. Uh, anything else going on with you, Ryan? Oh, no. not Nothing really. You know, same shit, different day. Yeah. Uh, I would like to say congratulations to my mom. She took a new job. I'm very proud of her for that. Yay. Yeah. Congrats, mom. So, outside of that, it's just kind of a normal every day for us. It's not the Survivor started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're We've been watching Game of Thrones. House of the Dragon. We've got our shows that we watch each week again, so that's Mm -hmm. nice. Lord of the Rings. Yes, yes. And exciting, uh, next week is our season three finale. Right, and so I know that Grandma is coming up this weekend, and we are going to try to get her to be interviewed for that, to be part of, because we try to have somebody for each of our season finales. Right, right. You know, um, and because my grandma lived through what our season finale is and you know was in the area when this was going on right she could add some special uh detail right i feel like she will be the best detail because this is coming from a first hand not she wouldn't witness anything but lived through the experience of what this is you know and and was on campus at the time right and so and so to talk about you know the fear or just different things like that I think brings a different aspect to the tri- not to the trial, but uh, to the case because we we don't have that most of the time. Right, right. I wish we had that. I, I do. I wish we had more people that we could come and interview and be like, "Hey, tell us how you feel." But at the same time, we always want to be respectful of other people. And this is my grandma, and I feel like maybe she'll do it for me. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. But something that we do not fear is our listeners. Exactly. I love our listeners. So we have Marcy P. Andrew G. And Ashley D. Thank you guys so much for being callers. Okay, so Ryan, would you like to get us started on probably the longest university name ever <laughs> in the world? I, I'm looking at it right now. Indiana University, Purdue University, Fort Wayne, 
that it's just y'all <laughs> yeah. doing too much. Yes. I'm sorry, Indiana, you're doing too much. Call Indiana University or <laughs> Purdue University Fort Wayne. You ain't got to have two different names. We're, we're not hyphenating around here anymore. Right, right. Yeah, so. You get to pick one or the other. <laughs> I'm asking you now, pick one or the other. Which one do you want? So, so yeah, sure you gathered. We're covering that the case from the world's longest university name, or IPFW for short. We're probably going to go with IPFW. It's so much easier to say <laughs> IPFW. So, now, I don't know about you, but I thought that it was two different universities, right? You know, I mean, it, when you hear it, typically when you hyphenate something like that, it's because there's two different things associated with it. Yeah, yeah. So Like a maiden name and your married name. Right. So, it got me thinking, how the hell did someone kill someone else in two different places, let alone how did someone... Die in two different places? Exactly. Because I think once you're dead, you're dead, right? Like, there's yeah. not a, I'm coming back to life. No, and... no do-overs or a bop, 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 bop. Bop, bop. And back to life. There we go. Right. Yeah. So, so just to kind of quick clarify, prior to 2018, Indiana University and Purdue University was a joint academic location named IPFW or the Indiana University, Purdue University, Fort Wayne. In 2018, the two universities officially split, making ways for two different universities, Purdue University, Fort Wayne, and Indiana University, Fort Wayne. All departments involved with healthcare went to Indiana University, while the other programs went to Purdue University. So, regardless of them splitting, neither one of them could drop the Fort Wayne. They just, they had to keep it. I feel like that's a little <laughs> unfair, but... Is, Oh, I'm going to ask a really dumb question. Callers, I'm sorry. This is a dumb, dumb, dumb question. This does happen in Fort Wayne, correct? Yes, it does. Okay. In my <laughs> mind, I was like, watch this college not even be in Fort Wayne, but they've decided that Fort Wayne is what they want it to be. Awkward. That is super awkward. But uh, okay, in my defense, how many times have we looked at something or read about something Talked about something, and the location is doesn't match the name. I mean, yeah, that's that's fair. It, it has happened and a then few you times. Get, yep, you get those nine one one callers that are like, "You're where?" And they're <laughs> like, "I'm here." And they're like, "But that doesn't exist here." Yes, it does. It's over <laughs> here. Oh, sorry. You know, and so to me, I'm like, "Watch this be a haha on me that I don't know <laughs> where this place is." And it's actually in like Indianapolis or something, right? Oh God. You can't do that to me. Man, geography is not my friend half the time. You yeah, we not... know. We know. Oh, you're going to bring that up again, huh? I won't. I'm just saying. I South hear Africa. it in your what? voice. What? Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> we're getting a divorce. Shut up. <laughs> Love you. Love you. So, now that we cleared that mess up with the that crazy-ass name. Yeah. Let's get into a few fun facts about IPFW. Indiana University Fort Wayne was established in 1917 and Purdue University Fort Wayne was established in 1941, and then they joined their academic forces in 1964. They said Twin Powers activate. Unite! Unite! And the image of a college. Right. And the shape of a college, whatever it is. <laughs> I don't even remember anymore. Up until about 2004, IPFW was mainly a commuter school, meaning many of the students lived off campus. In fact, 94% of the student body lived off campus, and 99% of the students had cars on campus. Can you imagine the size of that parking lot? I mean, it must have just been all parking lot and no school. <laughs> I guess 
now I'm thinking like, was it like a parking garage that they had, or they are we like flat topping this? If they were flat topping, it would have taken people an hour to walk from like if their last one there, and they had to park way in the fucking back. And at that point, I would have been like, "Fuck this, I'm not going." Did they amusement park parking lot? <laughs> Sorry, you're back in Z parking right. lot. Yeah, your class starts in five minutes. Good luck, everybody else. Right. <laughs> Because <laughs> in my mind, that's what, exactly what this is, is that they're doing it that way. But you're right. It has to be a giant parking garage. And you know that's a nightmare. Oh, absolutely. Classes coming and going and put your people on the campus. Like, why wouldn't you just keep them on campus? Well, because for a majority of it, they didn't even have the housing. Well, I I don't know. I guess I just find that weird, too. Because a lot of your schools, they're like, it's required at least your first year that you live right. on campus. Yeah. Well, the, remember, it's not a normal school. They were a Wonder Twin They're Powers. They Wonder Twin Power activate, I understand. <laughs> but they needed to activate some damn dorm rooms. <laughs> true story, true story. That's what they should have. Wonder Twin Power activate in the shape of dorm room. <laughs> Would have done them some good. Right. Instead, now I got to walk five damn miles to get to class, and you want me to be... I'm sorry, Mr. Jefferson. You want me to be in a happy mood talking about psychology? <laughs> Can we talk about the psychological walk I just took? <laughs> Oh, goodness. So the IPFW had a thing called the uh, Omnibus Lecture Series, which presented diverse ideas through speakers to the university community and the residents of Northeast Indiana. Some of those speakers were Henry Winkler, James Earl Jones, Jeb Bush, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and even Sandra Day O'Connor. Okay, so at first when you said speaker, I... You said speakers, and I thought you meant, like, speakers as in, like, radio speakers, <laughs> radio and they speakers? were just blasting that, <laughs> like, all follow IPFW, IPFW <laughs> is your savior. Right. That's what I thought. And then you got to the speakers being who they were, and I was like, oh, you're talking about lecturers, not speakers as in audio equipment. Correct. Because Omnibus sounds a lot like Anubis. And that is the god of the dead for Egypt. <laughs> so in my mind, I was like, oh, they're like on some like weird shit here. And we're now worshiping the oh, god geez. of the dead. And it just happens to be called IPFW. <laughs> but that's, that's, I guess that's just me. That'd be fucked up. It, I, it, would it though? It'd be really sus, yes. Out of all of the gods of Egypt that you could worship, the god of the dead being a jackal, because he's a jackal, it's kind of cool. <laughs> oh, do you want to worship the one-eyed bird, or do you want the jackal? Dif- different different day, different discussion there. I'm taking the jackal. I'm sorry, you can't <laughs> answer that. All hell, omnibus. I'm sure we would have no problem finding notable alumni from Purdue or Indiana University. But since the crime technically happened at IPFW, the alumni was a little more difficult. So, some notable alumni include... Julia Barr, actress in All My Children, playing Brooke English. Dan Butler, actor in Frasier, playing Bob um, Bulldog Briscoe. Is that what you put in there? Okay. And in 1992, Miss... You put in 1992. And 1992, Indiana. So what was wrong with me saying, and in 1992, Miss Indiana winner, Shelley Yoder. And in 1992? You're right. That does sound weird. Yeah. We're not going to cut it. We're just going to leave it in the episode because it's funny because I messed that part up. Okay. Okay. And 1992, Miss Indiana winner, Shelly Yoder. Nailed it. 
I did. Because and in, guys, does not work. Don't ever and in anything. Oh, boy. It should just be and and then the word. Correct. Sorry for that longer than normal intro. We just wanted to make sure we were all somewhat on the same page with the university and what we were dealing with today. Anyways, let's hop into that trusty time machine and head back to IPFW April 2008. Please keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the time machine at all times. Call us when you're dead. Cannot be responsible for any lost limbs. Here, we are going to meet a beautiful 22-year-old Lola Martinez. I like that name. That's a wonderful name. It is. Not just because it's the name of our dog, but because it is a very pretty name. (laughs) It is, it is. She was actually a New Mexico State University student, but at the time she was taking graphic design classes at IPFW as part of an exchange program. Okay, so is that normal for colleges? I guess I don't know. I was never in college. Well, like, to that extent. Right. No, I I guess I don't know if it was normal, but I, I guess I could see with, like, bigger universities where it is part of the norm if uh, New Mexico State University didn't have a major graphic design program to where she went somewhere else that did. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I it does make sense, but in my, I guess to me, I'm just not, I don't have a lot of knowledge in that area. Right, right. Because when I went to school, it was at Baker in that. You know, it was just a community college. Right, yeah. Lola lived on campus with three roommates. There was Shasta, Mandy, and Tanzania. Tanzania's mother, Tina Morris, at the time was visiting her daughter. Okay. The guest policy at the school at the time was guests of the opposite sex are not allowed to stay overnight. However, same-sex guests are allowed to stay for up to 72 hours. They sound a little gay-friendly. I I mean, that is the first thing that came to my mind. So. Are they promoting it <laughs> without promoting it? Right. I don't think they realized that. But any any uh, gay students were like, They're having yes. a field day. Listen, <laughs> at Cedar Point, we weren't allowed to have people of the opposite sex stay in our dorm. But you were allowed to have same sex in your dorm with you, and it never mattered. Because you didn't know if they were supposed to be in there or not. Right. And everybody used to be like, well, I guess that's how they breed the gays. Yeah. <laughs> Right. You know, because we're bride. We're not born that way from some people's standpoint. (laughs) Now let's head to the morning of April 18th, 2008. Shasta came home from classes. She headed to the kitchen to put food away and notice a blood on the pantry door. Yeah, that's never a good sign. Oh, definitely. Red flag. I don't feel blood should be on your pantry door. Blood shouldn't ever be anywhere, but definitely not on the pantry door. (laughs) Does she run? I would run. I mean... You would think. My hair would be on fire, running, screaming. (laughs) Somebody help me, there's blood. Right. Baffled by this, she began calling out to her roommates and looking for them. So she was concerned. Okay, but why would you go? No, girl, listen, get out. When there is blood in the house, you get the hell out (laughs) and you call the cops from outside. I mean, yes. Unless somebody's in the house, because they're going to hear you. If you come home, they're going to hear you. And be like, hey, can you help me? I've cut myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They're not. Like, at that point, you don't go looking around or poking around. You just go, I'm going to back out slowly. I'm going to keep my eyes open in case somebody might still be in here. And I'm going to call the cops. Right, yeah. That is horror movie 101. <laughs> you dip out. And then call the cops. Yeah. Uh, Shasta is not a final girl material. No, but... she's not. I'm, girl, I'm sorry. You're not. <laughs> So when she arrived to the bathroom, 
she found Lola's lifeless body on the floor. She immediately ran to the neighbor's house to call the police. She took that long? You know what? I already covered it. I'm not even going to have to say more. (laughs) You then ran. Nope. First sign of blood, I'm out. Right. I'm done. (laughs) Run into the neighbor's house. I'm screaming, asking for help. I don't even care if you're alive or not. You could be absolutely fine and just not have heard me, and I'm calling the cops. (laughs) Because there's blood in places blood should not be. Exactly, exactly. When police arrive on the scene, Lola is pronounced dead. She had multiple stab wounds to her neck and shoulders. She had also been burned from boiling water. The murder weapon was an 8-inch kitchen knife. This attack was so vicious that the knife was actually bent to a 90-degree angle, and the handle was broken. 90 fucking degrees? That's like a straight-on left taking a left turn on that blade. Or a right. I guess depending which was way you're holding right it. Was it a lefty? Like, <laughs> wow. That is a lot of force. That is a lot of force. I just don't. That's a lot of anger, and that is a lot of force. Right. Almost. I know how it ends, but, you know, our callers may not know. But you would almost think it is a crime of passion with just the personal attack of, of the knife and the force behind it to where it actually bends the blade and breaks the handle. Right. I guess if I had to guess, and this is just my assumption because I I, I do know who the murderer is in this, um, but if I did not, I would think, number one, a male, and number two, I would think, like, an ex or right. somebody that's really close to this per that was close to this person that is now angry about something and is now attacking them over you know, said dispute or whatever. Right, yep. But for a 90-degree angle, I am I would think that this would be a male because that's a lot of force to stab somebody with that and then bend that knife that way. Right, you would, you would And imagine. it doesn't matter your size. You could be as skinny as skinny could be or, you know, big. It doesn't matter. And I don't know what Lola's size was, so it doesn't really matter. I'm just saying in general, that's a lot of force needed to bend and then break. You're you're then breaking the handle on a knife. Right, yeah. You know, that that's just a lot, and that's a lot of anger put into something. It, it is, and, and it was. And, it, yeah, it's just mind-blowing that the stabs are so vicious that it bends the knife. Right. And for her to have multiple, like, to your neck and to your shoulders, and then to have boiling water thrown on you— I don't, I guess I don't understand like where it went from I'm going to stab you and then I'm going to throw boiling water onto you. Right. You know what I mean? Or was the boiling water first and then the stabs happened? Do you know? Because I don't know the details of the case. I just know who the murderer is. Yeah. So I don't think I cover it too much in detail, but it is uh, assumed that the uh, boiling water was first. Okay. To like knock her off of her guard. Yeah. It was. The initial uh, attack that this person was like, I'm going to throw boiling water on you. Okay. And then realized that didn't really do shit. She stepped it up and went with a kitchen knife. Got you. I mean, I guess that makes sense as to, you know, because we read it in a certain way and that's how it's always just presented to us when we get the facts is it was this and this. And sometimes we don't always know. And you you find that information out, and I just feel right. like to throw to stab somebody and then throw boiling water, it'd be very weird. But I could see the opposite <laughs> happening. Right. right, right. While the police were investigating, it was determined that Mandy and Shasta were not in the room at the time when the attack occurred, according to the time of death determination. It was also determined that this was not a suicide. 
of Why course. Why would even think that? I mean, I don't think they did. I more so put that to kind of let our callers know where we're at. Okay. You read the next sentence. Okay. Also, since this was a student's dorms, there was CCTV video footage showing no random people walking into the building. So that leaves only two reasonable sus- suspects, Tanzania and her mother, Tina. Right. So there's four possible perps. Right. And they've already ruled out two. And they said it wasn't a suicide. Right. So you've ruled out the victim itself. Yep. So at least herself. I don't know why I said itself, herself. <laughs> uh, and so now you have either the mom or the daughter. Correct. When putting together a timeline of events, detectives learned that there was a little movie night going on. It consisted of Lola, Tanzania, and Tina. After the movie, Lola went to her boyfriend's place. Her boyfriend told the police that she seemed bothered and annoyed that night. Supposedly, Tanzania had what was a a guest commentator uh, approach during the movie, which caused a little verbal altercation between Lola and Tanzania. Oh, she's one of those people where she got to talk through the whole damn movie and nobody able to enjoy the movie. Yes, which, you know how I am with movies. Right. Like, I understood it all, but I catch myself on occasion, I do. You and I, I think, when we're at the movie theater, we're always really good about it. But when we're at home, oh, we're constantly talking during that movie of, like, you so stupid. Why would you do this? Or why is that person doing this? I don't understand that. Yeah. I I get both sides because when it's a brand new... I don't feel like you and I do it in a brand new movie that we haven't seen with each other. But if we've seen the movie five or six times, we still will talk through that movie of, like, oh, how stupid are they? Right. You know? So Tanzania could very well have seen that movie five or six times, and Lola had not, and so now she's like, I'm going to say it, bitch, shut up. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty much, yeah. You know, and I'm not trying to talk shit about Lola, because I'm not. I understand her <laughs> point of view. I would be like, will you shut the fuck up? Exactly. And just let me watch the movie, and we can talk shit about it afterwards. So what was very interesting about that, when the police followed up with Tanzania about the altercation, she didn't think it was a fight. She knew she was talking a lot during the movie, so she admitted it. Oh, see, at least she has the nerve to it. Like, at least she has, like, the lady balls to be like, (laughs) you're right. I was talking a lot. She didn't fight with me. She made a very good point of shut the fuck up. (laughs) You're annoying the shit out of me. Right. And something more interesting was that Tanzania stated that she was not offended by anything that Lola said to her. Okay, so she was really, like, down, down with Lola. Like, they were friends. Right. They, you know, they were roommates and obviously I, had built some kind of friendship because if you're going to be that kind of friend with somebody right, where you can be like, shut up, you're driving me nuts while we're watching a movie, you have to have a friendship or that's going to end friendship. Right. And you can only imagine in a, a dorm room with four girls. Right. Everybody's always oh, talking. Man. I mean, I lived with three other guys at one point and they sometimes would never shut the fuck up <laughs> and I would leave the dorm because I would be so irritated with it. So I, I get both sides of the story. Absolutely, absolutely. When the police asked Tanzania where her mother was, she said that she didn't know and wasn't and that her mom wasn't returning any of her calls because that isn't a red flag. <laughs> right, that is super like, red flag. Wee woo, wee woo. Danger, danger. And that's what's going on in my mind is I read that. <laughs> As it should. Right. Eventually, police received more of the CCTV footage. They were curious to see who was the last person to leave the dorm room. If you haven't figured it out by now, it was Tina. They noticed that she is going in and out, in and out. 
But when she leaves for the final time, her shirt is changed and she is hiding her left hand. Is that because she cut herself? I was just going to say. Is it because she's covered in blood, water, (laughs) blood? Because you know when you throw water on somebody, that part of that splashing back on you. Oh, absolutely. And hiding the left hand, when I first read that, I instantly was thinking that it was her hand slipping down the knife. Right. And, you know, not that we know from experience, but we've heard several stories where... We've read several stories out of this. Where when you're stabbing someone... Your hand slips because of the blood. Yeah, the blood is everywhere, and it's just fucking slippery, and Mm -hmm. your hand goes down the blade, and you end up cutting yourself. It's gross, and it just happens to be the truth on it. Yeah. You know. However, with all of that being said, the hunt for Tina is now on. Thankfully, the police didn't have to wait long to catch her. Thanks to Tanzania, Tina eventually turns herself in. Do you think she called her mom and was like, if you don't get your ass down to this police station (laughs) right now... I will fucking hunt you down myself because they're talking about blaming this on me. Right. Yeah. I, I felt like Tanzania, Tanzania was like, okay, well, since my mom's not doing mom things, I'm going to have to be the fucking adult. And, right. Uh, it, clearly one of the people <laughs> were an adult in this situation. It was not her mom. It happens to be Tanzania. So bravo to you, girl. My other thing is, or do you think that maybe she was like, Hey mom, I'm in a little bit of trouble. Can you come down to the police station? They're saying that I stole something. Or, like, do you think she, like, led her mom into something to get her mom to come into there? Or do you think she, like, I I guess, in your mind, do you think she threatened her? Or do you think she, like, had to manipulate it in a way to get her to come? I I think uh, uh, Tanzania was straight up honest and, and told her what was up and didn't have to trick her in any way. And just say, Ma, you know what she did was fucking wrong. Right. I didn't ask you to do this. Uh, I don't right, know why you Right, nobody asked you, you to do this. Uh, so just, you know, own up to what you did. Right, and come in and turn yourself in. Yes. I Okay, so I'm going to have to set with you into that camp and agree with that, especially after her interview with the police, where she says, oh, Lola wasn't wrong. I was talking a lot. She told me to stop. Right. Girl was right. Yep. If she's going to be that up in front and honest about something that a lot of people would typically take a lot of offense to... She's not going to not be open in front and honest with her mom and say, no, you get your ass down here now. Right, right. Okay, so we know that she's been caught, but can you, Ryan, get me clearly now to the trial? <laughs> yeah, so Tina contemplating going with the self-defense plea. Girl, don't. Don't do it. <laughs> there was no self-defense in that. Yeah, realizing that it was going to be hard to explain and was batshit crazy that it, she thought about it. 100%. She then was thinking about going with the insanity or temporary insanity plea. Oh, you may have been a little crazy. You threw hot water on somebody. <laughs> and you thought you were going to go with self-defense. Right. <laughs> and then you stabbed her a bunch and broke the knife. You may have been a little crazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the end, she went with the truth. Well, holla fucking Louie. I think out of all of the, we're it, what, case 46? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're getting up there. You know, that she may be the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Tina told the police that she was angry because Lola had disrespected Tanzania during the movie. She was offended by it, and after thinking about it all night, she just had to confront Lola. You're telling me this mom just sat there all night, just wide awake, just thinking about how Lola talked to her. This is why parent parents, hear me out. When your child gets into a confrontation 
with somebody that is their friend, stay out of it. Unless it is a needed situation where there's like something physical going on, stay out of it. My mom used to talk about this all the time. Don't ever tell like your parents or friends about an issue that you're having in a relationship because you're going to get over it eventually. And then your friends and family won't get over it. And I'm not saying, like, if you're being abused. If you're being abused, please, (laughs) scream it at the top of your lungs. Say something. But if you're, you and I have had dumb, dumb fights of what color should the tablecloth be for the, or not that, the The, the plates. Yes, the the plate sizes. Yes. When you and I were trying to get married, we, when we were getting married, we talked about the plate sizes, and I didn't give a damn. You did. It started a fight. We never talked about that a whole lot with other people, because that might irritate somebody else against one of us, and that person's not going right. to forget about that. And and I knew I was right, and I didn't want to have people thinking years, that y'all. the guy I'm about to marry Three, is just years wrong. Later, we just but... still going into oh. this. <laughs> he was right, but he's got to let it go. That's see see. Once you've let it go, you just, and I didn't even remember what it was at first, but I knew that we had had a dumb fight, <laughs> you know. And so, as a parent, you got to be able to be like she's a grown-up she's in college this is not my little baby anymore you know you're not you don't need a mother eagle all the time and at the time she was a fucking guest right you right and you (laughs) are a guest like you don't know how they react all the time how how do you know that tanzania hasn't acted the same way to lola in other times right and this is just some weird banter that they've got going on but instead you lay in there like the damn crypt keeper just Oh, that bitch. She <laughs> talked so much shit about my daughter. No, she didn't talk shit about your daughter. She wasn't rude to your daughter. Your daughter even told the cops, no, I didn't take any offense to it. She wasn't rude to me. Right. Maybe that's a conversation you have with your daughter of like, what the fuck was that about? Exactly. You exactly. Know? And then you can be like, mom, I wasn't mad. Like, she wasn't wrong. So something something to, you know, realize and point out is that just because you're you're the mom or the parent... Your kids will have different interactions and and responses to you than they do with their friends. Exactly. So and just, it doesn't mean they're right or wrong in those responses. It just means you're the parent and stay in the parent role. Right. And just because it offends you in whatever way does not mean it offends your child. Right. I know that sounds weird, but it might for you, but for me it doesn't a whole lot because like my mom, she was sometimes cooler than like I was. <laughs> and I would get offended about stuff and she'd be like, Girl the fuck up. stop being offended over that and so my mom really definitely taught me how to like you know not everything is always one way or another right you know and this mom i guess needed my mom to be her mom for a bit (laughs) to realize like stay in your own lane right right so tina morris was arrested for murder felony murder and auto theft she stole a car she stole lola's car how you i know girl (laughs) right girl you are mad because of something that you think she did to your daughter. You <laughs> murdered her, and then you stole her car? Talk, talk about kicking someone when they're down. You may actually be crazy. <laughs> you may want to get psychologically evaluated because you actually probably are a little crazy. Yeah, definitely. I hope she hears it. Girl, I know <laughs> you're in prison. I hope you hear it. So so she was offered a plea deal. And when I first seen plea deal, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, how oh, much of a shit show is this going to be? Okay. So, in exchange for pleading guilty to one count of murder, all other charges would be dropped. So, the felony murder and auto theft. Would be dropped. Would be dropped. I guess I don't understand how they're getting felony murder. Yeah. So, I had a feeling you were going to ask. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't too sure either. 
So I guess the difference between murder and felony murder is murder is you murder someone. Right. And then felony murder is you murder someone in the progress of or with the intent of committing another felony, such as auto Auto theft. theft. Okay. So then you get to hit them twice. Because in my mind, murder is murder. It doesn't really matter right. which way you're spending it. I understand that there's degrees of murder. Yep. But in the end, somebody did lose their life. Yeah, yeah. But I... Do you feel like that's kind of almost trumping the charges a little bit? It, and I'm not trying to defend no, her. No, no. It almost is. But at the same time, you know, we've watched so many, like, court shows and whatnot, looking at it from the side of the prosecutors. Right. They only get this one shot. So let's say she oh, they gets need found something to stick. not guilty on murder, but is found guilty of felony murder. You can still get, get yeah. the appropriate sentence for the so felony So it's like murder. they're throwing all the spaghetti charges at the wall, and whichever one sticks to the wall yes. is the one they're getting. Okay. Yes, yes. I guess that makes sense. I understand that at the same time. Seems a little unfair, but I do do understand it on, I guess, both aspects. Because the theory is, if you are truly innocent... None of these will stick. They'll all fall off the wall. Yes. And then at the same time, more than likely, if you prove your innocence in one, the other one will fall with it. Right. But that isn't always the case, as we've seen. It is not. Yeah. So, uh, in exchange for the pleading guilty to the one kind of murder, uh, she received uh, 60 years in prison. And she will be eligible for parole in 2036. So, she's only got to do another 14 years before she's eligible? Correct. But you also got to realize she has already served 14 years. Oh, yeah. I guess I forget that this was 2008. Yeah. In my mind, I thought you said 2018. And I was mm-hmm. like, damn, that's that's a long time. That's a, Not a long time. Not, that's a yeah. very short time. <laughs> right. Before she's eligible for parole, but I guess if she's, that will put her probably at the halfway point because you got to count like the year that she yeah. was in jail, yeah. you know, because it probably did take about a year for the trial and all of yeah, that. Yeah. They're going to add that in as a time served, time served and blah, blah, blah. Right. In the end, it came to like, she would, it has served like 29 or 28 years before being eligible for parole. Okay. But could, it's possible she will not be released until... 2066. Oh, by that time, I don't think she'd even be alive, would she? I don't think she would be alive, but you never know. Right. I mean, look at Betty <laughs> White. She lived in 99. Right. right. But we were still the winners, England. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, there we have it. The the Indiana University, Purdue University, Fort Wayne The College, too many letters to pronounce. of uh, murder. Yeah. <laughs> I, this was... I understand that this there wasn't like a whole lot to the case. It's very cut and dry of this is what happened. This is how it happened. And this is who did it. Right. But sometimes I guess we need to always remember that sometimes there just isn't a lot to a case. There isn't these long mysteries of right. years and years and years of investigating and that it is just very cut and dry. This is what happened. This is how it happened. This is why they got them. Which, granted, those longer ones make for a good podcast, but it sucks for the families. Right, it does. And I think we, as a true crime society, sometimes forget that some cases are very cut and dry, and some take a very long time. And we get very blindsided into blaming everybody else when there are very long cases, because we forget about these small cases. That in Lola's name, I've never heard of her prior to me looking this up. Right. You know, and then you did the research on it. And why? Because it was so cut and dry that she won't be remembered. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted us to do this case. Yeah, yeah. Because Lola Martinez needs, she deserves to be remembered. Right. And 
Tanzania deserves to be remembered. She is just as much of a victim. I understand she was not murdered, but she is a victim. Right. Because now she has to go the rest of her life knowing that her mom killed her friend all because her mom lacked communication skills. Right. She's now that girl. Right. And she will have that stigma on her and she shouldn't have to go through that. But unfortunately, that's what we live in. That is the type of world we live in that people are going to put that on her. Yep. Yep. And, but people also deserve to know Lola's name. Lola's family deserves to have her name remembered and to be memorialized as this wonderful girl who comes from New Mexico and she is doing the damn thing. Right. Yeah. You know, and being an exchange student, that is a lot to put onto her. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and so Tanzania, I'm sorry that your mom made very horrible choices. And that is something that I personally hope you're able to get past and overcome in your life. And to Lola's family, I'm just sorry. You know, I'm sorry that your daughter lost her life due to somebody else's just stupidity. Stupidity. Yeah. Lack I guess of judgment. The, yeah. That is the best way to put it stupidity and lack of judgment. So, as always, we always give out phone numbers here on the podcast. And there was there was talks about possible suicide. There was talks of mental health issues. So, we are going to be giving you guys, again, the Suicide Prevention Lifeline number. Um, and we know that we've given it out many times in the past. However, we need to note that this is not just for suicide prevention. It is also for a mental health crisis. So, if you or somebody you know is going through a mental health issue, or if you're having, you know, suicidal thoughts, the number is 988. Again, if you or anybody that you know is having a mental health crisis or you're having suicidal thoughts, just call 988 and they will get you in touch with a mental health professional that can get you through whatever situation you're going through at the time. I understand that we're two years off of COVID, but mental health really does need to be talked about re-looked at again. I think we forgot about it after about a year of being off of COVID, <laughs> that mental health always needs to be reevaluated right. and always talked about. And so when we realized this is also for mental health, we wanted to add that in. So please understand if you're having a mental health crisis, just get a hold of somebody. There is help out there. On a side note, that was that was a case. That was a case. And we are officially down to the wire on this. Yeah. We have one more episode, and then the season's done. Yeah. And that, season. that episode may be two parts, but we're not sure yet. Right. It's just going yep. depend how it goes. Yep. Still still kind of working, working it all out. But yeah. we want to keep them shorter for you guys. We don't want them to be three hours long. Right. But yeah, season finale next yeah. week. And then we get to the ghosts. Yes. And the demons. Season, season demons. four. Some demons. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, thank you guys again so much for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. And give us those five stars. Five stars. Also, don't forget to follow us on socials, facebook.com slash callusdead. Follow us on TikTok at callusdead, where you can see some fun videos of us. Or better yet, the cat holding her knife. I need to see more likes on that video, people. The Sugar Gliders, Emma and Regina. Or, of course, the fur babies, Lola and Bailey. Or you can email us at callusdead at yahoo.com to tell us what you thought about the case, ask some questions, suggest some cases, or, you know, just to say hi. But until then, remember to stay strong, do everything with love, know there is always hope. And in case you forget, you can always 
Call us when you're dead. dead.